Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So here we are getting closer to the close or shut and open of churches. <laughs> and we are wondering whether to do it or not. We're praying about it. So anyway, believe God with us so we can know what to do. Praise God. It's so good that we could gather again by online means. God is faithful. Shall we pray? Father, in Jesus' name, we worship you, we praise you, we thank you. Hallelujah, you're a faithful God. You'll do what you said. Blessed be your holy name. Thank you, Abba. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You're worthy of our praise, worthy of our adoration. Glory to the Most High God, the one who sits on the throne. We worship you. Hallelujah. There's none like you, Lord. No one compares with you. Worship you, worship you, worship you. Shadababala, rabakatali, bashandaya. Oh, we give you thanks, we give you thanks, we give you thanks. Your faithful God. Hallelujah. Mazala krapatala, bashada kamanda. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Abba. Mashadanda bratala balmarafada parianta. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Praise your holy name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Sheba balmaratabayanda. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Worship you. Kamashtala mindereva kazabara kambaria balalamanda. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Worship you. 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 Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks. To the Holy One we give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ, His Son. And now let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich because of what? The Lord has done for us. We give thanks. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Matele Boboruste Mandariabala Kabashtanda. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Mashabakadabradabadikalaborukosundu. Hallelujah. Mashterebarababaliandereboksoriente. Thank you, Lord. Baprevetele Brokosurubarabayanderibelekeste. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Abba. We're grateful for the mercies that you've granted us. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us thus far. We trust you, we worship you, we honor you today. Hallelujah, Abba Father. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. 
Glory to your holy name. Glory to your holy name. Glory to your holy name. We receive from your mercy right now, Lord. We trust you. We trust you. Thank you, Father. We call every need met, every yoke destroyed, every burden removed. In the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. So glad that we're back again doing what we ought to do. You know, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep. After his death, burial, and resurrection, he went up into heaven, and now he takes our place before the Father God, pleading the case, praying for us, interceding, and so forth. But one of the roles that he was uh, known for was being the good shepherd. Bible talks about that in John 10. And uh, the good shepherd gave his life for the sheep and all of that. Praise God. But today we are here taking his place and we also are supposed to feed the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made us overseers. So we'll read something in First Peter, the second chapter, and notice there in verse 25, For you were as sheep going astray, and are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Hallelujah. Today we have uh, Brother Sharat helping us with a uh, little translation and so on. Thank you, Brother Sharat. Can we just read First Peter 2, verse 25? Amen. Hallelujah. So we have returned back into the care of this great shepherd, our Lord Jesus. He is the same shepherd of Psalm 23. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want, the Bible says. And he will lead and guide and feed us. So... I'm grateful to God that He has not left us like that, that He's feeding us, He's guiding us with His own word, with His own hand. Hallelujah. In Isaiah 53 also, verse 6, it says, All we like sheep have gone astray, turned everyone to His own way. The Lord has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. So you can see that part of our iniquity and failing was that we all went our own way. But we have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of our souls. So today we are yielding to the one who is going to lead us and guide us as the shepherd. And uh, he's, good. he's a good shepherd. He's the good shepherd. He gave his life for us. Amen. So we'll um, continue with our study there. I believe God is still feeding us along these lines from Second Peter and the first chapter, and we'll turn in there for a minute, Second Peter chapter 1. Praise God. And verses there are still alive, full of power. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 2 says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus, or Jesus our Lord. 
according as His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that has called us to glory and virtue. Let's read uh, verse 3 in Kannada also. Amen. And he says, Whereby given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Thank God that all that God had for us was given to us in promises that we have decided to believe and that the wages of sin were death, but the gift of God was eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we have accepted that awesome one-time, take-it-now Jesus offering to us eternal life. Hallelujah. Instead of having to struggle and finally end up with death and eventually separation from God and going to hell, the lake of fire and so on, which is not for us. Praise God. So verse 4 says, Exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. So today we are actually containing the eternal life of God, God's kind of nature on the inside, in our spirits, and it's hard for the mind to take a hold of it, but we're accepting it as the mind of Christ, and we're accepting that God cannot lie, He never changes, and once He said it, that's it. So I believe that you are beneficiaries of that everlasting and eternal Life. So let's look at a scripture also in um, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 10. And you are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. You are complete in him. That whole life, nature, ability of the Godhead has been put into Christ and we are in him. And so we are complete in Him. Praise God. There's actually no lack at all in our spirits and the nature we have on the inside of us is completely God, completely the Godhead. It's amazing. That agrees with the fact that we have become partakers of the divine nature, that we are complete in Him. Verse 9 tells us, For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and we are complete in him as the head of all principality and power. Can we hear Colossians two verse ten in Canada please? Liu Atanalitu Konde, Paripunatevanu Hundidavaragidiri, Atanaella Dorakanaku, Adikara Kushirastagidani. So there is no lack that has been given to us in any form by God. Any lack that you have is from the external and the senses and the you know man on the outside so whatever is going on outside there no matter what it seems like no matter what lack or situation it seems to be like out there 
in Christ, in Him, the eternal life that's been given to us has no lack at all. And uh, we cannot be moved by things that are on the outside. We cannot be moved by the news, the media, and uh, the graphs of, you know, rising and falling of commodities and demand and supply and all of those things. But we are moved by what's been given to us freely by the Lord Jesus, by the Godhead. And that means fullness, completeness on the inside of us. Hallelujah. We have become recipients of the divine nature. Hallelujah. And that's what we need to rejoice about. Whether we can sense it or whether we can feel it, that's not our problem. When God gave us the promise that we are in Christ and therefore we are new creatures, all of His fullness has been put on the inside of us. Amen. Let's look at another scripture that will continue to build us up like that. John, the first chapter, John chapter 1. Observe there, verse 16. And of His fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. Hallelujah. Notice that. Of His fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. So it has already been given to us, and grace is given one after the other. We are being loaded by God's wisdom, God's ability, God's power, and revelation is taking place, and we are understanding more and more that of His fullness we have all received. Hallelujah. Can we hear uh, John 1.16 also in Kannada, please? Amen. So God has seen us by faith before time began. And then grace is making us to receive what God has believed about us. Amen. And we're accepting God's way of thinking, God's way of seeing things. And the grace of God, the ability of God is going to make sure we receive. Amen. So it's not by anything that we have done or any requirements that we fulfilled in the natural. It was all as a gift by promise. And uh, it's amazing how these things have become ours today. Look at Ephesians also, chapter 1. Let's notice there. It says there in verse 4, According as He hath chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Wonderful. Before the foundation of the world, God saw us like this in His faith, personality, and, you know, person, how He is. He's, that's His nature. He saw us like this, and grace has made us holy and has put us without blame before Him in the great love of God. Isn't that amazing? Just because you accepted that precious promise, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, and whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You accepted that, and all of these operations began and started happening as the grace of God was unveiled 
to us in measure after measure. Amen. Shall we hear this also in Canada? 1 and verse 4 from Ephesians, please. Now, Pritiyalidu, Athana Sanidiyalli, Parishuddharu, Nirdoshigalu, Agira Bekendu, Athana Jagatthige, Aktiwara Hakudakinta Munche, Namman Krishnamalli Arishikondan. So you notice here that uh, this has been his plan long, long time ago. Verse 5 continues, Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. And we have understood that this actually doesn't mean that you are from some other family, you know, and then uh, Jesus brought you in and that you don't have his actual biological nature. And that's not what it meant. It actually just meant that you have accepted your actual place as a son. Your responsibility as a son has been accepted because understanding came to you that you are no longer a servant but a son. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So it was his good pleasure. It was his will long time before the earth, before creation. He had all of these plans for us in faith, and grace has made it possible. They've worked together and brought us to this point. Verse 6 says, To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He has made us accepted in the Beloved. So the grace of God has done these things, and grace is being revealed to us more and more. Hallelujah. That we have to accept what God has said and take it as a fact even though you don't feel anything on the outside, you're accepting that the promise of God is good. He, it cannot fail. It's easier for heaven and earth to pass away than one of His words to fail. Praise God. And that becomes uh, fixed on the inside of us. As you act on these truths, what happens is it becomes real inside us. Glory to God. You may remember... Uh, in Matthew 7, there was the story of the man who was a doer of the word. The Bible says in verse 26 of Matthew 7, Everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. The rain descended, the flood came, the winds blew, beat upon the house, and it fell and great was the fall of it. So that's how, you know, your foundations are exposed. What you have believed in actually becomes the foundation inside you. As you act on the Word of God, something inside takes place. It is built inside. And verse 28 says, came to pass when Jesus ended these things, people were astonished at His doctrine. Glory to God. So, you know, this is a clear teaching of Jesus that as you act on the Word, it's like you are beginning to build something inside you that will outlast anything that's on the outside. You need to get used to that fact that whether your mind and your senses appreciate it or not, through faith we understand that what God said is what created everything. And we are His children we are just as He is in this world right now. And these promises are forming foundational structures on the inside of us 
that cannot be shaken no matter what's happening on the outside there. Wonderful Jesus. And that's why we are doers and not just hearers only. Because the minute you act on the word, something takes place inside you that settles it just like a firm foundation. Hallelujah. Otherwise, there's no firm foundation inside there. And you can easily be blown here and there, and the challenges of life knock you off. Let's hear um, verse 27 also um, in Canada, Matthew 7, 27. Hallelujah. Praise God that we are not going to be likened to foolish people. We're going to be likened unto the wise because that's the nature that God has given to us. Praise God. Let's see 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and observe there verse 30. He says, but of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So God himself has become our wisdom. Praise God has, has been made our wisdom, our sanctification, our redemption. Notice the involvement of God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, all of these in the Godhead, so amazingly involved in us and our future, our salvation, our life, to be just as He is, to enjoy the benefits of heaven's life. It's amazing how much they care for us, how much they love us, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Of God are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom. Notice that. Of God are you in Christ Jesus. So the Father put us in Christ Jesus. And then of Jesus there. Notice of God is made unto us Jesus. <laughs> wow. Glory to God. So the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. All of them have worked a great work. It's amazing. And in Christ. All that's in the Godhead has become ours. Wonderful Jesus. Let's hear verse 30 also in Canada, 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30. Praise God. All of the wisdom of God has actually become ours. God's own wisdom is ours. Praise God. Redemption, all the benefits of being set apart, separated from whatever is out there in this world, the power and ability to think like that and act like that has become ours. And it's deposited on the inside of us, been given to us in the mind of God before time began. There's a lot in there. As you begin to understand more and more, these epistles teach us what Jesus has done, hallelujah, for us between his death, burial, and resurrection, and seating and ascending there, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Amazing, amazing things that when we now receive them and act upon them, the benefits become ours. You know, it's, it's amazing. We're trying to take hold of a reality 
that is called the nature of God, divine nature. We're trying to accept it, even though our minds and the natural senses have no real pointer. But Jesus has become for us of God all of these things. So eternal life is about Jesus getting to understand that man came to the earth, God came to the earth together in Christ Jesus. The man, Christ Jesus. All man, all God at once. Hallelujah. And here we are today, sons of that God, that almighty God. So it's possible for us to live just as he did and enjoy benefits just as he did, be in the dominion just as he did. And that's where we are right now. And as things are changing across the earth and all kinds of conditions are coming up, we cannot be moved again by the things we see or feel, but we'll have to just look on the inside and draw from that and act upon the word, the promise, the unchanging promise of God. That's why God is feeding us. The good shepherd cannot leave us. He'll never leave us. He, he leads us. He guides us. He prepares for us. He plans for us. He makes sure that he takes us with him. Hallelujah. Let's go also to John, the 14th chapter. Contemplate because I can guarantee you things are happening quite fast. And um, no matter how much it's trying to distract you, this is our hope. John 14 tells us in verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. You know, Jesus introduced the Father on the earth, and I believe the Father is unveiling the Son to us after he went back through these wonderful writings of the epistles. You know, hallelujah. He walked with them, talked with them, and they said, show us the Father. He said, what? Haven't I been here with you so long and you're asking me to show you the Father? Don't you know that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? Praise God. And he was telling them about the Father and our Father, and they didn't get it. And then he went away, and now the Father is showing us the Son, what the Son has done, and revealing that life to us and that nature to us. Interesting, right? So even if you were walking with him physically, if you did not understand what happened in the spirit realm, he would still not get anything. It's funny. So praise God, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be moved. Jesus is telling you today, don't be moved. Believe in the Father God, believe in the Son. And he continues, part of that believing is verse 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. So you can be sure there, by the way he has constructed that language, if it were not so, I would have told you, he's a person who cannot lie, and he would have told us, this is not true. <laughs> so Jesus said, I, I would have told you if it were not true. You can trust me to tell you the truth, he's saying, but I'm telling you, I went, I have gone, and I've gone to prepare a place for you. Hallelujah. Today he's telling us through his spirit 
that he has gone to prepare a place where there are many mansions, he says. And in verse 3, If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Hallelujah. This is the personality of the Godhead, to take us to where they are. Jesus' own personality, the Father's personality, Holy Spirit, that is how they are. They want us with them. They came and lived on the inside of us. Praise God, after the mighty resurrection and the Pentecost outpouring. But now they're going to take us home to where we were born from, born from above. And it's a place with real mansions. He said, if it were not so, I would have told you. But he's saying, there's a place there, there's a hope there, there's an expectation that he wants us to fuel and think upon, that there are real mansions there, and he's gone to prepare it. Imagine when he made this statement, it's about 2,000 years ago, he went to prepare a place for us. Can you imagine how it could be when people are refurbishing malls and things like that? They take a few months and the place looks great. Imagine someone who's the Almighty God, who created everything. Through faith we understand He created everything out of nothing. <laughs> Imagine Him. He's been out there for 2,000 years preparing a place for us. Can you imagine what kind of place it will be that He has prepared for us? Praise God. It must be million, million times better than this earth. Hallelujah. Because that's where He lives. That's where His throne is. Praise God. And your spirit is also just like that. It's just that our eyes have to see what is on the inside of us. God could not go and live any other place less than where heaven was, less than the grandeur of heaven where His throne is. And today, He has made us, our spirits, His throne. And He lives in us. He says, we are His temple. Hallelujah. Let's hear verse 2 and 3 in Kannada also. So he's going to come back for us one of these days and take us there so that where he is, we will be there also. Praise God. That's what we're expecting. So I'm so grateful that that is where we're going. <laughs> and therefore, it doesn't matter what it seems like out there. Tomorrow, we don't know if it's ours. If you get another day, it's your privilege. Uh, thank God for it. But really, this is what we have right now. And if you should leave tonight, that's where you're going. Praise God. And I'm glad we're going to a far better place. Thank you, Jesus. These are the promises of God. This is what He said based on the truth that He is the way, the truth, and the life. And they could not understand it when He spoke it at that time. And uh, today we're born again. And so we accept it. We understand by faith. We got born again by faith. We acted on the promise of God. 
and we started understanding. We got an understanding. Eternal life is about an understanding. To understand. To understand. He has come and given us an understanding. Hallelujah. So this understanding is beginning to work in greater measures. Grace is being unveiled. What God imagined and then believed about us, grace is beginning to unveil it to us, and we're beginning to enjoy the benefits of it. Of His fullness, we are all benefactors. We are receiving by measures of grace being unveiled to us more and more. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, I was telling my wife the other day, oh, the only sad thing about going back immediately is that we should have known some more before going back. You know, more about Him. Enjoyed knowing Him more this side of heaven and then going back. Hallelujah. I believe that God wants to teach us and show us some more about this person who we're going to deal with forever. And we already started enjoying while we were on the earth. And our compassion flows for others that are down here because we, we realize what they could actually enjoy if they took that leap of faith and just said yes to the Lord Jesus. But no man can come to Him except the Father draws. And I believe as we're praying, we're believing, people are going to be drawn. Amen. And they will call upon the precious name of Jesus. This is amazing. So Jesus has decided that our spirits have been born again, recreated, so that He could live on the inside of us. Heaven could be on the inside of us right now. Amen. And so 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, that you are not your own? Praise God. For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God. Notice, in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Hallelujah. Your body and your spirit, which are God's. So today, thank God for Jesus. Thank God He has made that new creation exactly like Himself, exactly like heaven. And therefore, He's living inside there. And we need to accept that and glorify Glorify God. Glorify Him. Thank Him. Praise Him. Live like that. It's a reality. By accepting these thoughts. Notice there, only the thoughts are not mentioned. The spirit and the body belong to Him. He purchased. But the thoughts are up to us. So that's how we're going to glorify Him. By thinking these thoughts again and again. Getting an understanding. You know, pondering about these things. These thoughts are going to become all that becomes the solid foundation inside us, unshakable, immovable. Hallelujah. Let's also hear uh, verse 20 of 1 Corinthians 6 in Canada, please. Thank you. Amen. 
I like that, you know, it sounded like some words I've heard in my language too. Swandam Sutta. You know, so we are not our own property. Praise God. We are God's property. And we accept it. Thank God that He owns us. He's the great shepherd. He's the Lord. And now we are being led by Him. We're being fed by Him. And we're glorifying Him as we think like this. As we accept His way of thinking. We are turning away from the world's way of thinking, which is corrupt, which is decaying, which is contrary to God, which is constantly fighting against heaven and the plan of God. But thank God we are uh, entertaining new thoughts. We are meditating and receiving an understanding. This is grace. Grace has been poured out in so much measure that we are actually now containers of the Almighty God and His nature. Hallelujah. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. The more you think about it, it makes you rejoice. Ha ha ha. In Ephesians also, in the third chapter, there's a prayer that we pray about the love of God. It says here um, that He would grant you, it says, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory. Remember that? For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So he's talking about us. The family began in heaven, the Father, the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and those who have gone ahead of us, they're already there. And he's our Father, and we have family, and we're, we're going to join the family that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. In the inner man. Strength should come. That Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that we being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend. May be able to comprehend. Isn't that interesting? So there's a prayer being prayed for People who are not sure that Christ is living inside them. See, that they should be sure that their soul should be strengthened with might. Their inner man should be strengthened with might so that they are sure that they'll be able to understand that Christ dwells in their heart by faith. And I believe that as you pray that prayer more and more, we're getting to understand more concretely, more with greater force that Christ dwells. Because it's by faith that He may dwell in our hearts by faith. So it has to be uh, what has already happened. That life, that nature, that reality has to become solid. It has to be acted upon. We'll have to act as though He's there. We'll have to act as though the nature is there, that we may be able to comprehend what is the breadth and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ with passive knowledge. So you know that God is love. Praise God. And that is His nature. And He's the faith God. And, and so all these things are becoming more and more real as we are acting upon it. We're just simply putting our actions into it. Whether we feel it or not, that's not our problem, right? We've started acting. We've started saying, 
I hold no grudges against anyone. I take no account of any wrong suffered. Uh, and so on. And, you know, uh, it just begins to immediately bear witness that you're not telling a lie. It's the truth. You just feel it immediately, you know. And uh, I, can, I can sense more and more that this is not me anymore. It's someone else. It's another life. It's another nature. And we are nursing that. We are enthroning that above our senses. You know, we were ruled by our senses for many, many years. And now we have dethroned the natural thinking and senses. And we are enthroning God's thinking and God's way of understanding. And we're just acting on it. See, that action is what is going on now. And therefore, when everybody's getting bitter and mean and wicked and jealous and selfish and, you know, fierce, we are just going to be the same, just like our Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Let's hear um, over there in verse 17 also in Canada. Kristanu, yema hrudegalalli, nambike mulaka vasasvanteyu, niyu preetiyalli beruri nelagundu nintu, parishuddharalarandige adara agala udda ala matto etteravannu grahisi. Amen. So we are getting more and more rooted, more and more grounded in these things. <laughs> Hallelujah. What does that tell you? If a plant is more rooted and grounded, then the wind cannot just blow it here and there, right? See? So as the winds of whatever is going on out there are doing their stuff, for us, we're just rooted and grounded, unshakable, immovable, always abounding in what we were called to do. Amen? One of these days, Jesus is going to come back and take us to where He is right now, the place He has refurbished for us. Amen? And so we are at the stage of... Uh, fixing all our papers together for that examination bell, you know. Uh, we used to tie the papers. I don't know how it is now. But there were little threads given to each table, and you tied them up. And then, you know, you, you read it through again, and you dotted things and crossed the T's and, you know, all of that stuff, and then got your paper ready for that bell. And one of these days, the bell is going to sound the alarm is going to sound and we're going to be out of here the trumpet is going to sound and we're going to be taken out of this place by jesus himself he will come and receive us unto himself Woo! and take us home ha 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 glory to god glory to god glory to god so we are really wanting to make sure we have done our best we are wanting to make sure that grace has been revealed to us in greater measures, that we've gone from grace to grace. Hallelujah. That the fullness of the Godhead, the fullness of God, and the blessing and the understanding is coming to us in greater measure. So we are praying, we're pushing, believing, and we want to act on these realities so that we are actually more rooted and grounded. Hallelujah. These prayers are awesome. I suggest you ponder them out a little bit and uh, prayerfully make it a confession also and say, I am being rooted, I am being grounded in love. That nature of my Father is my sure foundation. It cannot be shaken. 
God is love and I have that same nature. It's not going to be mean and angry and taking accounts of wrong suffered. I am not anything else. I am just like my father. Hallelujah. And you will begin to experience another level of living. Glory to God. I'm going to take a small dive again. And let's go to um, Paul here in the Philippian jail. Paul said some things there that are really amazing. Paul had to endure some sufferings that I don't think too many people were able to handle. And God knew and called him and said, I will show you how many things you have to suffer for my name. So I believe it was a rather special place that Paul enjoyed. <laughs> Amen. But he made some statements in the midst of all of that. And uh, Roman jails were terrible places. Uh, the city sewer is supposed to have been there. And apparently they would not remove uh, prisoners who died there. Their bodies would be left there also to rot. And you were just thrown in there along with all of that. And Paul would be there for time, just suffering all these things. And people were allowed to come and visit depending on what the government thought about you. So it seems that at some times people could visit Paul and people could even make some donations and keep things for him and all of that. So the Philippian church was a church that did not forget Paul in his bonds and afflictions. He, they partnered with him in all of those things. He said he made statements like that about them. And, uh, you know, it's nice to see that there are people like that who do not forget you, who remember and stay committed. So in verse 7 he says, Even as I think it meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers of my grace. Hallelujah. These people were special. They, they were there to fellowship with him. And they partnered with him and thought about him, prayed about him. You know, uh, it's nice to have that. That's the love of God, right? They, they had received what Paul taught and preached so well that they got right into it. And Paul was very excited about them. And, um, you know, this, this letter has joy mentioned in it at least 19 times. It's so full of joy. And Paul, you know, had understood this theme of how not to be moved by things on the outside. Praise God. And he was enjoying his life there, <laughs> in quotes, <laughs> that he was, you know, rejoicing in all of these things. Wonderful. And so, you know, we are also learning how to camp on the realities inside us than what's going on on the outside. We're learning from people like him, you know, 2,000 years later. But um, notice there in verse 6 he said, um, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. The person who is in jail and, and suffering all of this stuff is the one who is saying such things. And, uh, you know, sometimes people may say, 
So is this what you get for serving Jesus and uh, all of that? But he taught them well. And he, he, he made it clear that to bring such revelation and bear such truth took a price. You know, the natural man went through some stuff. So we treat it, you know, preciously. We, we, we regard all this very preciously. Hallelujah. And what he paid for, what he suffered for, even though it was Jesus that paid it all, I believe Paul also paid a very severe price for these revelations to become ours. So we treat it seriously. So we also say we are confident that he who began a good work in us, he is faithful. He is going to perform it until the day we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Let's hear verse 6 in Canada also. Amen. And it was from there that verse 7 came and he was now, you know, excited about their partnership and their fellowship, even in his bonds. And he, he made it plain that he was very excited about them. And he was saying, God began a good work in you. He will perform it until the day of Jesus. So here's, here's the grace of God. The life of God has been put into us. And then God is working in us, not stopping, until we meet him face to face. He is equally and even more interested in seeing us come out with glowing colors, just having an awesome arrival, coming home gloriously. So he's working in us, performing in us, working mightily until we come and see him face to face. So we are going to take hold of that by simply saying yes, accepting it, saying it, and acting on the word of God, being confident of this very thing. If that is what God wants us to do, we will also be confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in us, he is faithful, he is going to accomplish it. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then as we drop down, you know, we come to this place. You can see he's suffering, you know, terribly. And he goes on saying there in verse 19, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. He's counting on their prayer and the supply of the Spirit. According to my earnest expectation, my hope, in nothing I shall be ashamed. Nothing I shall be ashamed or put to shame. Hmm. With all boldness as always, Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or death. Then he goes on, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Hallelujah. For us to live is not really going to be based on feelings. It's going to be based on Christ in us, the life of God on the inside. Isn't that the fact? If we go by our feelings... Uh, the life is not really the life that glorifies God. But we are learning more and more to, to make it become real that it's not really us anymore. It's Christ in us. It's the life of God on the inside. And any going out of this place is gaining heaven. For me to die now is to gain heaven. I'm going to gain heaven. If you die, you're going to gain heaven. Hallelujah. There's no loss really. It's just a gain. You're going to gain heaven. Imagine that. 
For me to die, for you to die, is to gain heaven. <laughs> what loss? There's no loss. The only loss is that, you know, we could not know him more, or we could not do what we were supposed to. We did not accomplish it. We did not tie our sheets and do everything as we ought to. Other than that, it's just a gain. The minute you leave this place, is a gain. You're gaining. <laughs> Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Verse 22. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I wot not. He's saying here, you know, I'm really going through the works in this jail, so sometimes I feel like leaving. And I'm wondering which one to choose. You know, I, I heard of someone who was in class with me in PUC. I heard after many years, 40 years later, we just kind of started... Uh, getting in touch through WhatsApp and one of these friends of ours we got to talk about and he said, oh, he, he's dead. And uh, what happened? He's, apparently he, he, you know, fell off the building but that he was into, he was depressed, he was a doctor, all of those things. But, you know, that's that. I did not know because all this time had passed, but it's sad to know that the mind and the enemy can really knock you badly and you just don't want to live anymore. That You just want to depart. You just want to get out of here. Hallelujah. Well, Paul went through the, the works and he said, you know what, I don't know where to go or stay. Sometimes it's like that. <laughs> but you can choose. Amen. Verse 24. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Hallelujah. Let's read verse 23 and 24 in Canada, please. <laughs> Amen. So, it's far better to depart and be with Christ. Far better. Hallelujah. But to remain in the body is needful for others. So, you know, we are here not just for ourselves, but for others. And I believe that God is keeping us here because there are others who need to be fed, who need to be ministered to, who need to enjoy that confidence and reality of the life of God. And that's why we're still here, you know, and, and praise God. We, we thank God for any extra day. It's just a privilege to be here and uh, do what we're called to do. But before things get out of hand, and way out of control, I believe He will come and take us out of here and receive us in, unto Himself and take us where He has been preparing for uh, 2,000 years. Praise God. So my brother, my sister, don't worry. We're going to a far better place. And there's a heaven to gain. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> in Christ Jesus, the life of God, the mercy of God. Wow. God Himself working in us. The Spirit of God working in us, the greater one living in us, the promises of God. Whew, hallelujah. 
It's awesome. It's actually an amazing, amazing life. But anytime you step away and just use your natural senses, you become like everybody else and go through the griping and complaining or all of those motions are available. But through the promises of God, we escape. We step out of all that and we enjoy life, actually. I believe you're enjoying your life uh, in greater measures than you could have imagined before. You would have thought, how am I going to go through this? If someone had told you, like uh, weeks before all of this happened, that you're not going to go out, you're going to be wearing masks and sitting around, <laughs> I don't think you'd have really enjoyed it at all. So God gave us an idea how things are not going to be so great, the earth is going to be dark and all of that, but we can rejoice, we can laugh, we can just say, ha, 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 <laughs> and enjoy Him, and enjoy the throne, and enjoy our Father, and enjoy the benefits of eternal life. And I'm sure, if you think about it, that's what you've been enjoying. Amen. I can tell you for a fact that I'm enjoying it. And the days are just going, and I'm, I'm, I'm really amazed this is June. And uh, praise God, we're almost, you know, almost at halfway through June. It's just going like that. And every other day is just a privilege. It's okay, you know. Uh, James in the uh, chapter, I believe it was in 4 and 12, he said, your life is a vapor. You know, you're just here for a little season. It's amazing how uh, after running into this WhatsApp group of my old friends, 40 years have passed. And of course, we've been scratching our heads trying to remember each other's names and all of that, but it just proves to us that 40 years passed like that. It's just like a vapor. Vapor disappears just after a little sunshine. Amen? So whatever years we live down here, Israel just turned 72. It's pretty amazing, 72. That's quite young. And uh, we are the people that are still on the earth as Israel has turned 72. Ha, ha, ha. And they've tried to mess that country up, destroy that nation constantly, but she's still there. <laughs> Glory to God. And so we know that Jesus is coming soon. That is the generation. Exactly. 72 now. That generation is 70, 80 years. Hallelujah. In rebellion, 70 or 80 years. And the way things are, it looks like He's coming really soon. So, believe. Believe that you can do what you have to do. Believe that you can unveil the grace of God, greater measures, acting on the Word of God, prayerfully seeking God's face, trying to get as much understanding, revelation of the life of God before we go home. Amen. And people are watching you. People are observing you. Try to let them know the hope that you have on the inside of you, where you're going, why you're so excited in the midst of all of this mess. Praise God. We are here for that. To abide in the flesh is more needful for the others. See? So notice, it goes that way. If you're here, it's basically for others. You need to get that 
settled. Love is not selfish. Love is looking outwards. Amen? Love is always looking outwards. Philippians continues in the fourth chapter. Notice there, uh, verse 18, he says, But I have all and abound and I'm full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So um, they had actually given him some amazing levels of gifts that made the man say, I'm full. I have received. Glory to God. Amen. So that's the kind of supply that comes to pass when you trust God. doesn't matter what it looks like. My God shall supply all your need. I believe that God's supply is God's supply. It's the way God does supply. And we need to start unlimiting our thinking about Him. Let God be God and every man a liar. Let God be true and every man a liar. Let love be true and every other emotion a lie. God loves us. God so loved us, He gave His only Son. Will He not freely give everything else? Let that be true. Let the love, let the nature, let the Word of God be true compared to any other feeling, emotion, or news item that you hear. It doesn't matter. God is not limited by those things. God is bigger than all of those things. The greater one, greater is He that is in us. And so the supply of the God head and God the Father, the supply of the Spirit is always going to be greater. It's going to be meeting all of your needs so much that you can say, the only other way to say it is as though somebody who was super rich, let's say who, mm, all right, say one of the Rockefeller things, you know, or the Rothschild Foundation. Suppose they gave you a special little card that you could just use it anywhere you go and it's unlimited and the money that they have can flow through that card. What would you do? I'm telling you, your life would change. People immediately notice that something happened to you and they'll be curious about it. They'll want to know how come you are living differently suddenly and then you tell them, I was given this card you know, by so-and-so, and I could just use it. This family is the richest, and one of the richest on the earth, and they said I could just take whatever I wanted, that there was no limit to that supply. Almighty God has no limit, actually. My God shall supply all your need, emotional, physical, material, financial, according to His riches. His riches. His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Jesus paid the price. Jesus signed it all and called us to be heirs together, joint heirs, so that if we sign while we're on the earth, if we say in Jesus' name, if we believe in Jesus' name, that supply should be able to flow also. Hallelujah. Can we also read um, verse 19 in Canada? 
Philippians 4.19. Did you hear that word in Kannada? It sounded like Pravaga Aishwarya. You know, I, I believe it's big, it's plenty. It's that kind of riches that somebody who's so rich, famous for being rich, gave you the authority to receive that riches. The Almighty God, who not just created the earth, but the whole galaxies, everything in the universe, has now, in His riches, given us, <laughs> in Jesus' name, the ability to co-sign with Him and receive. Hallelujah. Get used to that in these times when everything looks so low. Just look up and say, I see supply. I see overwhelming supply. Praise God. There's a prayer that we've been praying that will help you uh, as you ponder. Sometimes you pray it and then other times you ponder about it when you pray. Second Thessalonians, the first chapter, and it goes like this. That God may count us worthy. Remember that? Second Thessalonians, the first chapter and the eleventh verse. Let's go there. Wherefore also we pray always for you that God that your God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. That actually means to cram you, choke you up with all the good pleasure of His goodness. All. Every good plan, every goodness He has to totally cram and choke us up with it. And the work of faith with power. That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in us and we in Him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus. So, God the Father had believed certain things, imagined certain things, spoken certain things about us, and then the grace of God began to happen and produce those things. Amen. So the more you understand the grace of God, the more that you understand He's working with you, working in you, working through you, what He has given to you already, being unveiled in greater measures, the more you get to have what Jesus has given. Glory to glory, glory to glory, grace to grace. Praise God. And so our target is to be fed and to know and to partake of that divinity, that nature, that stuff that God had for us from the Spirit and make it a reality down here before we get to heaven. Amen. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting if you can desire it and prayerfully go after it. It's going to be fun. Your days are going to be full. <laughs> Lord, I pray that you count every one of us worthy of your calling. And you might be able to fulfill all the good pleasure of your goodness in each of our lives. Cram our lives with all the good pleasure, all your goodness, and the work of faith with power. 
The name of the Lord Jesus be glorified in us. We be glorified in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I believe that that prayer is working for us right now. Let's go back to Second Peter again. So we were um, talking there about how having escaped the corruption that's in the world, we have received the nature, we are partakers of the divine nature. Verse 5, beside this giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance patience, patience godliness, godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness love, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And then he continues about how, verse 11, For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Notice here that it's a developing thing that it builds and comes to something called brotherly kindness or Philadelphia, the city of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. Will you be getting off at the city of brotherly love? <laughs> We're going further. Hallelujah. We pass through the city of brotherly love. We, we love the brethren and then we go on to this love that does not even bother if you say thank you or not, and just continues to do and give and spend and overflow, and it's so full of the fullness of God. Hallelujah. So let's, let's read there <laughs> verse <laughs> 6 and 7. <laughs> Second Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. <laughs> Don't mind me, am I laughing? I'm, I'm excited about God's Word. I'm enjoying the Word. How many of you are enjoying the Word? I believe you're enjoying the Word. The Word is fun. The Word is enjoyable. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's just wonderful. Let's go to 1 John 3. So we, we have to step outwards, don't look inwards. What I mean by that is, don't just be you the center of the whole world. It's how to flow through you to affect others. That's how it is. God's life will so fill you that you will realize it's going to go affect others. And then it's going to go out into the world also and affect the world. 1 John 3, notice here, it says, verse 14, We know that we have passed from death unto life, because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Now think about this for a minute. We'll continue, verse 15, Whosoever hated his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Hmm, very interesting. Now these two verses have to be taken in the same way that the previous verse is taken. Look at 
verse 9. Okay, remember? Let's hear this first in Canada, please. Sorry, brother. Uh, 1 John 3 and those two verses there. Verse... 14 and 15. Yeah, 14 and 15. Thank you. Nāvantu sahodaranu prītisu avarāgi darinda, mānadarinda pārāgi jīvadalli sēri devimbodindu namagi gottāgide. Tana sahodaranu prītisadhi iruonu, mānadalli iddhāne. Yārādaru tana sahodaranu dvēshu sovanu, Amen. So, you know, that's, that's a pretty, uh, like Brother Anup said, tall order. <laughs> so you have to understand it in the context also. Look at verse 9 of chapter 3. He says, Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. You remember that, right? Well, you and I know that people have sinned after becoming believers, and God's word lives inside them. But then 1 John also begins in chapter 1 of verse 9, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right? So what does that mean? Does that mean that once you're born again, you never sin? That's not what it means, because that verse is there for us to confess our sins. It, it does mean that what is written, if it is taken in constantly, if you're thinking about it and pondering and acting on it, you will not continue in sin. Because the life and the nature and the word of God is inside you, in your spirit. Correct? So that means that, you know, you may at some times, you know, maybe not love your brother so much. Does that mean that you don't have eternal life on the inside of you? That's not what it means. It means there that if the life of God is inside you, you cannot continue like that. Hallelujah. You have to at some point deal with it. You have to turn things around and act out of the spirit instead of the flesh and emotions and just love your brother because love is God's nature. God is love. And you have that nature. And love takes no account of any wrong suffered. It's not going to pay attention to that as though nothing happened. It's just going to go on as though nothing happened. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's uh, hear 1 John 3, 9 also in Canada, please. All right. Papa Madan, Yakendre Athana Biju, Avanan in Elegondade, Avon Dever in the Hutida Karana, Papa Madaladan. Amen. So we are making it clear that the man on the inside, he has the nature of love, he has the nature of, you know, uh, not committing sin. He's not going to commit sin. While you're sinning, he's not even excited or being part of it at all. The Holy Spirit made sure that the life of God is on the inside of our spirit man. You know, the Bible declares over there in Colossians, let's go there for a minute, Colossians 1, hallelujah, verse 18. We'll go off there, if you can. We are slowly winding down. Colossians 1, 18. He says, and he's the head of the body, the church, 
which is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. Amen? Jesus is the head, he's the firstborn. Notice that. The head of the body, the church. The head of the body, the church. The firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. The Bible tells us, let's hear that in Canada also, please. Thank you, brother. Sabayamba Dehake, Athan Shirasagidani, Athane Adiagidu, Yelazarali, Pramkanagirwante, Athan Saptaragida Banda, Jeshtenwagidan. Amen. Notice that special title, Firstborn from the Dead. If you read Acts 13.33, it says, God has fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he has raised up Jesus again, as it is also written in the second psalm, to thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Glory to God. Let's, let's hear that also in Canada. <laughs> And it continues in, in the next verse, 34. And as concerning that he raised him up from the dead, now no more to return to corruption, he said on this wise, I will give you the sure mercies of David. So he continues in 34 giving us the context that what was written in the book of Psalms, chapter 2, was that Jesus was raised from the dead, and that day he came out of the grave. He rose from the dead. That's the day he was called born. Are you seeing that? First born from the dead. Let's hear that also in Canada, verse 34, please, brother. <laughs> Amen. So that day he became the firstborn from the dead, the head, and the rest of the body also became born out of death. Amen. And the life and the nature of God was imparted into all of us the same time that Jesus had received the fresh, brand new creation life. Amen? So he was talking actually to the born-again people. He is talking only to those who have received the life of God there. Jesus went to hell, bore our sin, bore our curse, bore our sickness, took all of that punishment suffered there away from the presence of God, bore it all, paid the last shekel of heavenly justice, rose again, ascended on high, sat at the right hand of the Father. All of that was for us so that we would become also known as born again, out of death, into life. And therefore, we cannot be called murderers anymore. The life and the nature of God that Jesus has seeing no more corruption, no more death, is on the inside of us. Are you seeing that? So that life doesn't go to hell, my brother, my sister. It has only the life of God. It can only love. It has the nature of love. But if you are forced to walk away from it or not act upon it by your senses, by your emotions, 
it doesn't mean that you've lost the eternal life on the inside of you and that you're just a murderer and that's that. You can always say, forgive me, Lord. Cleanse me from all of that. I have sinned against my brother. I have hated my brother. I have not walked in love. And God will forgive and forget. Cleanse and you are going to enjoy the benefit of a brand new walking in the light. Amen? Now, notice, back to 1 John 3, we read there, verse 15 already, you know that a murderer has, no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. But verse 16, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. This means you and I can do that. We can actually lay our lives down for the brethren. That's brotherly love, isn't it? Verse 17 continues, Whoso has this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Is he saying that if you do not see and act upon a brother's need, then the love of God does not dwell in you? Well, it's there. It's just the same thing again. You didn't act upon it. How can you prove? Now, the life of God is on, on the inside of you. The love of God is on the inside of you. But how do you prove? It's by acting. That's how the house is unshakable. The life is on a good foundation, by acting on it. So, what are these things that, you know, the world has prized so much that we need. God said, your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. This is what the world is going after. You know, at such and such time I must have this, and at that time I must have that. All of these things that the world is chasing after, whether it be houses or vehicles or clothing or anything else out there, the Father knows that you have need of all these things. And we are confident of that. And He is working in us both to will and do His good pleasure. And He who began the good work in us, He is faithful. And He will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And so when you see the brother who doesn't have these things, you have to act upon it and don't shut your compassion and mercy, which is on the inside. Open it up and meet that need. Hallelujah. You can lay your life down for the brethren. That is the nature that you have on the inside of you. You're not looking just at yourself. You are not the hero. Jesus is the hero. The life of God is the hero on the inside of you. And because He's coming soon, we want to do all we were created to do. We were created unto good works that God before ordained that we should walk in them. And we should be zealous about these things. We are a peculiar people, zealous unto good works. We are a special type of people. We are a strange community of people, strange in that way. Hallelujah. Let's hear um, verse 17 also in Canada, please. Amen. So verse 18 continues, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. 
So the person who gave us his nature, who is the way, the life, and the truth, is exactly demanding that we can act in truth. And how do you do that? You act upon it. You do something to meet the brother's need. Amen. That's the proof. Hallelujah. Amazing, isn't it? Glory to God. We still have a few minutes. These are things that you know we are going to be thinking about, pondering about, praying about continuously because we realize we're going home and we want to do what we have to do and we want to finish the works that we were created for. Amen. So whatever, if the Spirit of God is tugging on your heart right now, you know, just obey. Hallelujah. Let's go to the book of Acts as we begin to wind down. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, glory. God is good, isn't He? Over there in the beginning of that wonderful outpouring, it says in Acts 2, the Spirit of God fell and they began to speak with tongues and they flooded out into the streets and all of that wonderful things were happening. And uh, the Bible continues that preaching went on. And, uh, you know, there was such an overflow of God's love. Let's go there to chapter 4. And notice there, verse 32, it says, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them, that all of those things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. Praise God. So the own factor came out of it. Now, we're not saying that God doesn't want you to have your own stuff. That's not what we're talking about. We're saying here that, you know, this business of it's mine, it's mine, is turned around by the power of God there. And there was just a lot of flow suddenly that happened among the people. And they just began to meet the needs of people. And uh, it's amazing, verse 34, Neither was there any among them that lacked. <laughs> people sold lands, brought the prices, laid them at the apostles' feet. Distribution was made. Amazing. And Barnabas was part of all that. Praise God. You know, that is amazing, isn't it? That's really amazing. Nobody said that it's just me, mine, myself. Something happened to them after that experience of the power of God, of the Pentecostal glorious outpouring. Something happened to them. Amen. And he goes on to say in verse 33 that with great power the apostles gave witness of the resurrection. Great grace was upon them. So it's, um, it's kind of different, you know. But I believe what you can take away from all of that is the selfish, covetous nature is dethroned. And people begin to think about others and open up their compassion, open up their hearts and Look for a way to be a blessing because God is the one who sends the rain on the just and the unjust. And that's the nature we have on the inside of us. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's read uh, 
verse 32 of Acts chapter 4, also in Canada. Notice the Bible is ideal. We're not saying that we are there, but we're pressing towards those places. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, brother. Namida Samuha Rudeu, Prana, Wande Agitu. Idala de Avarali, Yavanu, Tanagida, Yaudanu, Tanaswanta in the Hedanilla. Adri Yellow, Avari Hudu Agit. Amen. Praise God. I believe that you can see that we have not arrived. We are planning to get things ready as much as we know by revelation, by understanding, to step out on the nature God has given us because He has given us a complete nature of the Godhead inside. We are not in any fraction less. <laughs> we have all. We are complete. All the fullness of the Godhead bodily is inside our spirit man, actually. Wonderful. And, uh, you know, maybe next week, but He has called us to fellowship with Him. That means He has said, Come. You are of my class. You can fellowship with me because we have the same nature. That is why God Almighty can fellowship with us and He loves to fellowship with us because we are, in quotes, as though we are the same as He is, equal with Him. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? The very life, the very nature, He's living in us. Wow. And then He says, let's fellowship. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 9 says, He has called us to fellowship with His Son. To enjoy that place of partnering, sharing, commonly, communion. All of those thoughts go there. Partakers of the divine nature. Partnering just as though we are Him and He is us. And that flow. That's how God sees it, okay? And now we are beginning to appreciate it. We're beginning to accept it, that we can act as though we are Him. Glory to God. God's Word is working. I believe that. Let's worship Him for a minute. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you today. We worship you today. We are grateful for these realities that have been put into us, the very life and nature of God on the inside of us the greater one on the inside of us. God Himself working. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship You. We bless You that we can work like You. We can act like You. We can act from the man on the inside, no matter what it looks like on the outside. As the soon coming of the Lord approaches, we prepare our hearts and meditate on these truths so that we can enjoy more of you and demonstrate more of you before that great and glorious day when we see you face to face. I thank you for counting each one of us worthy of your calling. You might be able to fulfill all the good pleasure of your goodness in each of our lives and the work of faith with power. The name of the Lord Jesus be glorified in each one. We be glorified in Him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I declare the power of the devil is broken. 
Everything from the demons and hell is broken off your people in Jesus' name. Lack and lying, demonic realms, symptoms, diseases, every cursed thing broken in the name of Jesus. Now God shall supply all, every single need, emotional, physical, material, financial, according to His glorious wealth, His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I thank you for angels working, the release of God taking place in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We can receive an offering. If you'd like to give, you can get in touch by uh, way of the media or any other form. Thank you so much, Lord, in Jesus' name. And we also use this as a point of contact to release faith for those who are tithing and giving in any other form. Father, in Jesus' name, here mortal men receive. There he that lives forever receives. And so in Jesus' name, we thank you that every curse is over, every lie is canceled. The supply of heaven will fulfill in every area of their lives, accomplish a complete load and supply, emotional, physical, material, and financial, overflow, more than enough for every good work. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Sharat. Thank you so much. Thank you, team.